sometimes controversial, always politically incorrect, and pro-life without exception, without compromise, and without apology. It's the Pro-Life America podcast with your hosts, Sarah Waits and the president of Life Dynamics, Mark Crutcher. Welcome back to the Pro-Life America podcast, everyone. I'm Sarah Waits, and I'm joined by Mark's daughter, Sheila Crutcher, my Hi. co-host. Mm-hmm. Hi. We've got a really good show for you guys today. We, we're excited to bring you this interview, and it's an interview with Jonathan Darnell. He's one of the people who is bringing back the rescues mm-hmm. from the early days of the pro-life movement. Mm-hmm. And for younger pro-lifers right. who are hearing this and they don't know what this means... I would say to go back and learn about the rescues, which was really the early days of the pro-life movement where they did the life chains and the clinic blockades. Mm -hmm. And then was the introduction of FACE, which changed all of that. Mm -hmm. And so these days we don't see too many, but now we're starting to see more rescues being done by Mm -hmm. different groups. And like I said, we're joined by Jonathan Darnell. Hello, Jonathan. How are you doing today? Afternoon. Thank you for having me on. Let's just kind of jump into it. Tell us about what happened with the rescue that you guys did. Yeah, so I'm one of um, 24 people by last count in America currently being prosecuted for violating this Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act. And in my case, this is for a 2020 incident happened uh, at a Washington, D.C. abortion clinic. Mm -hmm. My primary role was simply to record everything and live stream it. Mm And that live stream is still up. It's public information. Everybody can see it. <laughs> the government who's prosecuting us knows about it. And that contains most of the details, I'd say, about that incident and what happened. If somebody wants to check it out, it's on my Facebook page, uh, DC Area Anti-Abortion Advocacy. Just go there on the Facebook page and go to the videos tab. Should be the top video. It should say Rescue at Washington Abortion Clinic. And you can watch the first half of it there. I'm just amazed that it is still up because mm-hmm. we that have had all these <laughs> issues with Facebook and YouTube mm-hmm. and all these other platforms about pro life videos, and yours is still up. Mm-hmm. So I just want to congratulate you. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. But, uh, you know, I have a feeling I'm up just because I'm fairly small mm-hmm. and uh, maybe they didn't see me as a threat for a long time. And maybe now the government keeps it up because they're using it as evidence against us, which is fine as long as the truth is told. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Before you continue on with your story, I think it's important to ask, what do you think people need to know about the FACE Act, which is, you know, what you're up against right now? Right. So like, as you said, the FACE Act was a pro-abortion reaction to the rescue movement of the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. Janet Reno Uh, was the one who started all that. Correct. It did his job pretty well. Um, after that happened, very few people in the nation did anything like a rescue. They didn't, you know, block in the doors of abortion clinics. I think some of it happened in Wisconsin for a while after that, mm-hmm. and maybe Pennsylvania and sporadically here and there, but nothing large scale. Right. So a number of years back when some pro-lifers began talking about rescuing again, it was completely a new idea. But not a completely new idea, but a new idea that anybody should consider anything like that again. What they came up with at first was what you might call a red rose rescue. Mm-hmm. I guess it doesn't fit the exact terminology of what a rescue used to be, but it does so in a way that avoids violating the FACE Act. That's where pro-lifers would enter a clinic and simply counsel the mothers inside the clinic until the police pull them away, you know? Mm-hmm. Now, that's considered trespassing, but it doesn't violate FACE. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, because uh, with FACE, you actually have ahead. to block access. 
whether you're blocking the doors inside the clinic or blocking the doors outside. You have to like physically block access. Or be considered intimidation and uh, yes. right. And- Correct. And I want to ask you, have you seen a lot of support amongst the older generations of pro-lifers or have you seen a lot of support among the newer generations who haven't heard of rescues before? Uh, it depends on which social media platform you're working on. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, most of the people that had rescued of any sort in the past are at this point going to be almost senior citizens, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of your original support is going to come from folks like that. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, not too much of the pro-life media or pro-life leadership has gone on board with promoting rescue yeah. you know, to the mainstream pro-lifers. And I think there's reasons why. You know, yeah. but there have been some groups, like in particular the progressive pro-life group, POW, mm-hmm. has seen some success in promoting it on Instagram and TikTok and so forth among younger generations. So I guess it depends on what platform you're looking at. But there needs to be a lot more talk about it because it's still, like most pro-life stuff, it's still unknown and the real story isn't out there for most of the population. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about your case? Yeah, so um, after that incident in 2020 where eight people were arrested, I was actually not arrested mm-hmm. on that day. We didn't hear anything from the government at all, the police or nothing, for almost a year and a half. Wow. And we thought maybe they were just blowing it off because up until that point, not too many of the Red Rose rescues had been prosecuted. There just hadn't been a lot of, yeah. you know, if, if the case had gone to court, they kicked it out of the courtroom. COVID probably had something to do with that. Mm-hmm. We don't know. But then just out of the blue on the 30th of March, 2022, there's a bang on my door like at 6, 630 in the morning. Wow. And it's the FBI. And uh, I didn't answer quickly enough. And they broke the door down oh or broke God. the door open, rather. Uh-huh. Just like you would see in the movies. You know, I got this big spotlight blaring into the house and guys with guns outside. I had four housemates at the time and they made every single one of us mm-hmm. uh, exit the house with our hands above our heads and they handcuffed us and so forth. I asked to see a warrant. I was shown a warrant, at least at that time, and they wouldn't answer any questions or anything. And they just took me away to various facilities where I was fingerprinted and so forth, kept for maybe 10 hours until I finally got to speak to a magistrate, and they kind of made it clear what was happening and what what it was about. So for hours, they held you without telling you what this was all in regards to. Right. Nothing official. I mean, I had been... I know that anything you say can and will be used against you, So, mm-hmm. but I didn't want to just stay quiet. I was telling the FBI agents who clearly were starting to become uncomfortable with this that they needed, yeah. <laughs> they were participating. Whatever, whatever they knew, they, they shouldn't have arrested me. I'm an innocent man, and they needed to get right with God and so forth. One of them finally broke down and said, well, it has something to do with this breaking the face act at Santangelo's abortion clinic. And I'm like, oh, that surprised me completely. Wow. But I didn't know for sure until several days later when we got the indictment of paperwork. And we're all looking at something like 11 years in jail if go with the maximum penalties. Now, they might not be able to. It might be more like one, maybe one, two years, mm-hmm. but still serious penalties. Right. I think it's interesting that in addition to the other people, they're charging you when you were clearly documenting. I mean, you were not one of the ones who was chained to the chairs in the waiting room, blocking any doors. You were simply documenting everything and getting the word out about this to people and let them know that this is going on and to get support. Well, they're accusing me of conspiracy. They're accusing me of planning and orchestrating things like that. Now, I will tell you I'm innocent. In the detail, I'm innocent of those charges. Mm -hmm. But you know what? I guess in a twisted fashion, I'm proud to be accused of that, even if (laughs) in this case I didn't do it. Yeah. Because I think pro-life people should have the courage to rescue. Both Red Rose Rescue and the sort of rescue that would technically violate face because Mm -hmm. abortion clinics are not legitimate businesses. 
They yeah. are not. Right. Just as many people now have begun to say, Lila Rose in particular, that was a decision that overturned Roe v. Wade. I don't think uh, it was completely accurate. It said that abortion's not in the Constitution, mm-hmm. which is, you know, the, the sort of thing that the late Antonin Scalia would have said. Yeah. But I think it is. You know, the thin 14th Amendments. Oh, absolutely. You know, the right to life. Demand the right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's correct. And unless you just assume that the men of the past couple centuries had no idea that the fetus was a person, mm-hmm. you must assume that they included preborn children in that. Mm-hmm. So abortion is illegal. It's illegal nationwide. And no state law, no local law, no court decision can invalidate that. That's our Constitution, let alone the fact that it's immoral. You know, it's mm-hmm. against God's law. It's mm-hmm. also against the laws of the United States. And we should not be ashamed of treating an abortion business like what it is, a criminal enterprise that is murdering people and does not deserve the respect that a normal business would get. Well, I mean, and you hear people say this all the time, but it's absolutely true. I mean, all these other rights, what do they mean if we don't even have the right to life? Mm-hmm. If you can't even protect right. if you, the right to life. If you can't live, what are all these other rights that you have protecting you? What do they do for you? Mm-hmm. Now, I was reading of the course. government press release on this, and they said that they are charging you with conspiracy against rights. Have they explained <laughs> right. to you what that means or what that entails? I'm a layperson. I've talked to my lawyer about this, but it appears that the DOJ is still insisting that despite the Dobbs decision, abortion, well, maybe not necessarily abortion, but at least reproductive mm-hmm. rights are a federal right. Okay. So the FACE Act, if I read it correctly, mm-hmm. says that if you block an entrance to a reproductive health clinic, then you receive these penalties. And so that would go for somebody who's just coming for contraception or, or something like that. If you block their entrance, you were violating the FACE Act. Mm-hmm. And while abortion, you know, according to Dobbs, is not in the Constitution, maybe reproductive health in general is. And therefore, mm-hmm. we violate a constitutional right by preventing somebody from getting in there in that way. Now, I don't think that's necessarily true. And even if it were true, I don't think that we're guilty of doing that on the incident in question. But that seems to be what they're pushing for. Right. When Bill Clinton signed the FACE Act in the early 1990s, all yeah. pro-lifers know the FACE Act is really just a mechanism to go after pro-lifers. Well, because if you look at it, a number of crisis pregnancy centers do what you could mm-hmm. what could be considered reproductive health. Right. How many of them have been firebombed and how many people have been charged under face for that, mm-hmm. right? right? So what we're seeing is them going after pro-lifers who are blocking doors, but how many people are we seeing being convicted under face for... Mm-hmm threatening, harassing, or destroying crisis pregnancy centers. And you've seen uh, the Mm -hmm. Biden administration, they're using it again and again, and it's going to continue to get worse. You know, this is not something that's going to be swept under the rug. Well, from what I've read and heard, Merrick Garland has made comments saying that he is committed to using the Mm -hmm. FACE Act to basically protect abortion. Mm -hmm. Exactly. How do you think that people can spread awareness about this issue? Um, Like you said, you have the videos up showing your cases, but how in general do you think that people should help spread awareness about this? Well, there's various ways. Um, Obviously, share the videos. And I would say comment anywhere you see it on pro-life media. LifeSite News has published a number of stories about what's happened. Of course, I'm sure you probably will have a comment section on your this podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want pro-life people, anti-abortion people to encourage the media, the anti-abortion media to talk about this more and to bring it up in their little like local anti-abortion groups and, and talk about the feasibility of this sort of thing, talk about whether they should make a statement supporting rescue. And frankly, we want more people to rescue despite the risks. Mm-hmm. I think we want more people to rescue. 
let's face it. I mean, if there's some parts of the world where you challenge the government, you end up with a bullet in your head. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not going to happen here. Yeah. This is by comparison, a mere inconvenience. I don't want to go to jail, mm-hmm. but it's not nearly as bad as what might happen to me if I challenge some other government. And we need to recognize that. I think abortion will end faster when more people are treating it as what it is and standing up because it should inspire other people. It should. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot to be said about that as to why it didn't happen so much the first time, but it should. I ha- still have faith in that. Just talk about this more and bring it up and bring it up in heck political meetings. I think conservative political parties, Republican party or whatever, local parties and these various tea party groups and so forth that are full of pro-life people should be committed to civil disobedience for things like abortion. That should at least be their position mm-hmm. if they don't take action on it. Yeah, We got to move this idea of rescue from the bizarre and the strange and the so-called radical to being considered normative. I know not everybody can rescue, but even if not everybody can rescue, we should think of that as our default, okay? Controversial statement. We are only anti-abortion. We are only truly pro-life when we're stopping somebody from doing this wicked act you know otherwise and i'm not saying compromise is never necessary i think it is but otherwise we're all functionally pro-choice we're allowing them to choose to murder their kid and that is an astonishing thing to get around it had it was difficult for me to wrap my mind around it mm-hmm. but we are we are in a way functionally pro-choice by letting them do it again we can't always rescue we can't always stop people from doing these wicked deeds because we have to be free to fight another day you know i, I get that mm-hmm. but it should be we should want to go the whole way that should be our default and that should always be present in our minds the concept of taking action personally is out of sight out of mind it needs to return to the forefront besides the personal pro-life or what would you like local governments doing or passing in response to all this yeah so there's efforts kind of underway i would say that touch on this whole thing and one is a national effort and one is uh, a local effort. So assuming that your state or your county is not 100% anti-abortion already and the, and the legal forces are not on your side, and quite frankly, there is no place in the country that's technically, in my assessment, has technically banned abortion. They've banned abortion clinics, mm. but they have not banned abortion pills. Mm-hmm. There's a number of states that allow for exceptions adult, too, yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Local government needs to disobey state and federal government if necessary. They need to be willing to say, there's not going to be any abortion here by surgical clinic or pill or anything. Mm -hmm. And we will take the necessary action that we would do for any other act of murder if we find out it's happening within our jurisdiction. Mm -hmm. And it's better when local governments do that rather than citizens do it, simply because, you know, a county sheriff has a leg up on average Joe Schmo. Yeah, he absolutely. Ha- within his jurisdiction, he is the, I would say, the highest, most authority person with the legal right to arrest. Mm-hmm. And while it's possible for the state to do various things to prosecute such a person, in America, that's not very easy. We still have federalism in mm-hmm. the country. We're not yeah. just provinces that are put in place to execute the orders of the higher authority. Mm-hmm. This is called the doctrine of the lesser magistrate. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's a website on that. It's called defytyrants.com, defytyrants.com. It's being pushed by an old-time rescuer named uh, Pastor Mark Truella up in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You've heard of it, yeah. yeah. It's essentially the theory that the first line, obviously the citizen has his job. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, the people we've hired to enforce law, enforce justice, the local sheriffs, the police officers, mm-hmm. and on up the chain until you reach the highest authority, which is you know federal government and so forth, 
the lesser magistrate should be doing what is right. They should refuse to arrest rescuers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Frankly, they should arrest abortionists themselves. That's what I tell the cops when they're hauling me away. You guys are not doing your job. I'm doing your job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you should be <laughs> arresting you know, Which you know, I'm sure abortionists gets mixed, re so mixed response for. Well, I have a good example. Oh, they don't like that. <laughs> of like you talking about, you know, the sheriff and not following the state or the federal government. During COVID, our sheriff's department refused yes. to put in like some of the mandates. Mask he, requirements. Uh, yeah. Mask mm -hmm. requirements, quarantine requirements. And he just said, no, this is, you know, unconstitutional. I am not going to be enforcing this. Yeah. And I mean, you mm -hmm. saw all over the country that popping up with sheriffs doing that. And so if you just get enough gumption. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, Jonathan, yes. I don't know if you've heard, yes. but Mark had a strategy or a proposal for the pro-life movement called a constitutional showdown. Have you heard of it? No, but I can guess what it's about. And I think he would have had a lot more support for it now than maybe a number of years yeah. past. Mm -hmm. There really is no new laws or statute that have to be made to do this. But basically, mm. it's where prosecutors and attorney generals mm -hmm. say that they are applying the established laws of murder mm -hmm. to the unborn mm -hmm. because the unborn are human beings. Mm -hmm. They are by they're, the they're citizens yes. who are protected by the Constitution. And basically, using the existing laws mm -hmm. on the book, no new laws, mm -hmm in order to get in front of the Supreme Court to adjust the Constitution, the 5th and the 14th, the right to life, and personhood, which mm -hmm. is what the pro-choice movement has said. They know that's our next target, and that's what it needs to be, is personhood. And yeah. his idea was basically to force the federal government to take on mm -hmm. individual states who are prosecuting based on abortion mm -hmm. being murder. Yeah, because what you would mm -hmm. see is you'd see attorney generals arresting mm -hmm. well, abortionists and abortion clinic workers for mm -hmm. doing an act that is illegal. Right. Mm -hmm. And then that would... Correct. Correct. And, and, and I, near to where I used to live, Michael Peruca, an old anti-abortion mm -hmm. activist up there and also a legal scholar, he mm -hmm. uh, instituted on the Constitution is his thing. He ran for attorney general on a platform rather similar to that. Right. You know, and mm -hmm. of course, everybody thought, this is nuts. I can't believe you're suggesting that. It's He's just enforcing the laws that are already on the books. Hey, look, but we're so blessed in America that our founding fathers had the foresight to put such solid principles into the Constitution. And, and mm -hmm. it's, we're so amiss that we don't take advantage of that, that we treat the Supreme Court mm -hmm. and other federal laws like they can just ignore that and put in place their own bogus laws. And we have to follow that right. stuff. No, no, no. That's, that's, how, not how, that's how abortion works. got legalized. Like the Supreme Court mm -hmm. basically said that, oh, this is a constitutional right up until this point. Mm -hmm. And and so it forced all of these states who mm -hmm. many of them had laws against abortion to all of a sudden accept abortion. Mm -hmm. I mean, you mm -hmm. had laws basically coming from the Supreme Court, which was not their role. Mm -hmm. Yes. And for that reason, I caution us not to say I mean, I make the mistake myself. We, mm -hmm. I, I caution us not to say things like abortion was legalized by Roe v. Wade. It wasn't because the Supreme Court can't make something legal that's already on the books illegal. Yeah. Uh, but it, unfortunately, in my assessment, it gave pro-life politicians a cover to say that they were against abortion, but not do anything that was really controversial or might get them in trouble with the federal government mm -hmm. for almost 50 years because mm -hmm. they could always point to Roe v. Wade and say, we can't do anything about this. So what are we going to do? So still vote for me. And then we got to wait for Roe v. Wade to be passed because we have this idea that because the Supreme Court or some higher authority says so, we have to follow along. And that is what I think I'm driving at with both rescue and supporting the doctrine of lesser magistrates, the necessity of disobedience. That has to be our first thought in our mind. Mm -hmm. You know what? The biggest 
enemies sometimes to ending abortion is the pro-life movement itself and maybe the Christian churches to some way. And, and I say that not because I'm accusing us of being secretly pro-abortion, mm-hmm. but because we fumble all over ourselves with our image and our poor understanding of what law is and the justification for doing what is right and what we should expect of one another. I had a... um. An anti-abortion leader recently. Mm-hmm. I said, How, "The people that you lead—I mean, you're not against rescue, right?" He said, oh, "I'm not against rescue, theoretically, but it just wouldn't work." And he said, "Rescue is what you do when you're desperate and you can't abolish abortion legally." Hmm. And he said, "The history shows that you can't motivate the Christian community through rescuing. It's not going to work. It's a hard argument to overcome because, let's face it, in the 1980s and 90s, although you had thousands of people rescuing, even before faces started to die off, and you never had." a really good consensus amongst the pro-life leadership or in the Christian churches as to whether this should take place. Neither Catholics, I'm a Protestant, but on the Catholic mm-hmm. side, some of their bishops would rescue, others would ignore it completely, and yeah. it was, wasn't endorsed. Protestants, you know, I believe in salvation by faith alone, through grace alone, you know, and all that, but these guys, they didn't act like they were saved people. Many exactly. of these pastors, they would condemn the rescue movement, especially in Los Angeles, unfortunately, and in maybe Atlanta and so forth, a lot of these big-time pastors came out against rescue and condemned it or said that, oh, was it going to just disrupt things so much and hurt our reputation and make it harder to spread the gospel and just all this bogus stuff, the sort of thing that was used to justify slavery. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of anti-slavery pastors in the North back in the 19th century mm-hmm. who would still say, hey, don't rock the boat too much because it makes it harder to spread the gospel. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. It was terrible. To anybody who makes this argument that civil disobedience is not an effective means of spreading support and changing things. I mean, you just have to look at the civil rights movement, Mm -hmm. for example. Look at what happened Mm -hmm. in India, for example, with civil disobedience. Civil disobedience has a powerful impact. A lot of people, you know, support what Gandhi did, even Mm -hmm. the people on the left. Yet, we have civil obedience when it comes to fighting against abortion and people, you know, mm-hmm. back up. They're like, wait, no, this that's is too, ex- that's controversial. Yeah, that's too, too much extreme. And, you know, so it's a double standard, right. you know, mm-hmm. for instance, Politico just recently came out with an article saying that Justice Alito said that Dobbs would lower what he called the temperature but it actually fanned the flames that they call of extremism. <laughs> fanned the flames yeah. of extremism. They said that we- because of the overturning of Roe versus Wade, it's become even more extreme and that federal prosecutions of abortion-related crimes are way up this past year. Well, yeah, they're way up because mm-hmm. the federal government is doing it, not because, you know, pro-lifers are all of a sudden becoming even what they would call more extreme. It's because they're the ones that are actually doing And they don't want you to shine a light on what they consider extreme. Mm-hmm. Like in this video, what you're showing that has got pro-choicers so up in arms is you have a group of people who are just sitting there in the waiting room. They're chained to the chairs and the chairs are blocked. They're praying Mm -hmm. and they're pleading with women not to kill their babies. Mm -hmm. They are just sitting there Mm -hmm. saying words and this is what's got the pro-choice side so upset. Oh yeah, Sarah, you know because they're dangerous. This is extremism. Yeah, there's no logical person who can look at that and say that this is dangerous and these people need to be thrown in jail for Mm -hmm. years and everything. And the only reason that people believe that it is is because they've only been fed one line of the story. And that's inexcusable in a nation with America when Christians and pro-life people still have a lot of influence and authority and ability to get their message out there. Because we're not covering stuff like this, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it allows the other side 
to control to the narrative. And, and yeah, it allows them to control the narrative and to control the policy. Exactly. Well, and people keep on mentioning the point of the overturn of Roe, like the pro-choice side was completely surprised by this. And I keep reminding people at every opportunity, no, this was something that they had been planning for. Mm-hmm. You saw in at least five years previous, these states codifying Roe versus Wade into their mm-hmm. state laws. Codifying they knew abortion. that this is where it was headed. Mm-hmm. And they were preparing right. themselves for it. So let's not give them this right. talking point that they want to convince everybody of that this just came out of nowhere and that they're completely unhappy with this because they know that abortion is indefensible. And if they can keep it alive in certain pockets of the state, women can freely travel across the state lines. So as long as mm-hmm. abortion remains legal in even one pocket of the state, every single baby in this country is vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. May I point out something that's happening maybe at the federal level that I think people need to be perhaps involved in. There is an attempt to repeal the FACE Act, okay? Mm-hmm. Some folks on Capitol Hill, pro-life leaders, and some of my friends are working on that, trying to talk to congressmen and congresswomen to get support for the repealing of this notoriously absurd law, mm-hmm. you know, at least at the federal level. I'm sure that some pro-abortion states will enact things similar on the state level. Fine, we'll fight that. Mm-hmm. But there needs to be a standard set. You know, pro-life Congress, we need to actually do something substantive. Mm-hmm. Not every pro-life organization is behind it. In fact, you mentioned the crisis pregnancy centers. Mm-hmm. Some of them, you know, they understand the bigger picture here, but there are a few, some of the most notable and influential, who have this misguided concept that FACE is going to protect them because they are in some sense a reproductive health center, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. That this will protect them from Jane's revenge and the other mm. pro-abortion lunatics. Has no, it, so it won't. Far? They're never going to go after those guys. Yeah. No, it hasn't. And I don't think that it will. And mm-hmm. the problem is not that FACE is being applied unequally. The problem is that it exists at all. Mm-hmm. There's already laws against trespassing. Mm-hmm. You, you know, There's laws against firebombing clinics, between, yeah. Yes, you know. It was done during the Clinton administration. FACE was always meant to Mm -hmm. persecute pro-lifers. It was never meant to protect anybody else. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This was a deal between Clinton and Reno, and Mm -hmm. it did exactly what they set out to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as long as pro-lifers allow for compromise like that, you're going to have pro-life congressmen who are willing to take the compromise because they want to do the easiest thing possible, just to get reelection. Mm-hmm. You have to hold their feet to the fire. And I'm trying to do that with a website. Okay. Which I'm still working on here. Um, smash the face dot life. <laughs> okay. You like that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so ideally when it's up, I have some basic text on there calling on both senators and representatives in Congress to make a public statement saying that they would support a law completely reversing the face act. We don't have such a law yet. Nobody's creating one. But I want them on record saying they're going to craft one. And as the names turn green by people saying, yes, we're going to support repealing the FACE Act, then other congressmen will be enticed to do the same. Mm-hmm. And I think this is something we can push through. Or at the very least, at the very least, I believe in promoting radical things at the political level, not because they're going to succeed necessarily in the short term, but because it makes the message clear mm-hmm. and I think motivates us. So mm-hmm. hopefully that'll be up before too long. Smash the face dot life. And defytyrants.com is where people can go and kind of learn about the philosophy behind local government defying federal government. And there's there's other entities that are starting Mm -hmm. to pick up on this as well. I'm really glad the message is spreading and the concept of defiance at the local level is picking up steam, both defiance for the citizen and for the local government. Now, I have myself, I have a personal Mm -hmm. website designed to motivate Christian people 
just on a personal level to take more action, rescue or otherwise, that website is getseriouschurch.com. Okay. I'm not a terribly great website designer, but, you know, I think that the message on there is cogent, holds together. So I'd encourage people visiting that, reading, checking the videos and so forth and sharing the message if they agree. Okay, great. Uh, well, is there anything else you want to share before we let you go? I'll share one more website, if you will. Um, It just so happens that the abortion center for which we're being prosecuted for supposedly violating face is that of Cesar Santangelo, who barely five days before all of us were arrested last year, you know, a lot of my friends with PAL uncovered 115 aborted children en route from his facility to an incinerator where they're going to be burned. Mm -hmm. Five of them, of course, are late-term aborted children, and they bear marks of violating both the Born Alive Infants Protection Act mm-hmm. and the um, partial birth abortion ban, even the partial birth abortion ban is kind of sketchy. Right. Um, you know, that was part of the reason that pro-lifers went to that clinic in 2020 in the first place, because mm-hmm. this guy was not just an abortionist, he was violating federal law. Mm-hmm. And this needs to be talked about. And they have a website. Right now, those five babies are just sitting in the D.C. medical examiner's office because the city of D.C. is covering for the abortionists. Right. They're doing nothing with the bodies. They yeah. no autopsy, autopsy, nothing. Please, your your friend brought to this to light, and the response has been from the media yeah. and from the people to prosecute mm-hmm. the people mm-hmm. exposing this, not the people who are Absolutely. violating the law. Mm-hmm. Yeah, government is screwed up from the top down. <laughs> we, did, we need to get that into our heads. Um, the website for that is j 45 dot com the letter j f-o-r-5 dot com that will bring it to the like power page where you can for the five correct like that's that the tagline yes mm-hmm. but the website is j45 dot com and you know getting justice for those five kids and the 110 other kids mm-hmm. there's a petition on there to sign is one step and it will also help i would say help the rescuers in their case because look we're not the criminals here mm-hmm. cesar santangelo and his cohorts are the criminals and although i'm willing to go to jail and suffer for the sake of something righteous. The one thing I couldn't bear is if it had no effect whatsoever and it didn't motivate anybody to act because I think disobedience to wicked laws by the citizen and by local government is essential to the ending of abortion. And I need folks to realize this and spread the word and that will bear fruit long-term. That will be make it all worth it. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for joining us, Jonathan. This was a great conversation. And for anybody who's curious about all of the stuff that Jonathan and the rescue groups are doing. We're going to have all of these links, including the link to the video of the FBI raid. All of this will be in the description for you to peruse mm-hmm. and get more information on and to check out his website. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Jonathan. We appreciate it. And we wish you good luck on your case. Yes. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thank you so much for your assistance and helping get the word out there. And uh, God's with us. So, you know, we'll be okay. Whatever happens. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Bye-bye, Jonathan. That was a really great interview. Uh I was glad that we could have him on there. And to that end, I want to suggest to our listeners, if you've got somebody that you think that we should be talking to, Mm -hmm. or if you're somebody out there who's like, I think you guys need to know about this, we absolutely love hearing from you guys. You can reach out to us at lifedynamics.com forward slash pro-lifeamerica. There's Mm -hmm. a form right there on the page. It goes to our inboxes. So it's not some just random box in the ether there it goes straight Mm -hmm. to us and we connect with you guys and we love to do that and i will say one last thing about the face act that it's not going to go away anytime soon until like congressmen put their foot down it's just going to keep on increasing under the biden administration and that's something that we have to be realistic about but we have to keep going no matter what Mm -hmm. happens absolutely absolutely 
And we don't have a official from the mouth of Mark this week because we had an interview, but I want to direct people to something that Mark would say. And he made it the tagline for Bikers for mm-hmm. Life when we, that was one of our projects that we were doing. And he would say that where injustice is law, resistance is duty. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of summarizes the civil disobedience and mm. the constitutional showdown and everything that really we're mm-hmm. trying to do with the pro-life movement. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And with the rescues. and There's I, no greater mm-hmm. injustice than the slaughtering of the innocent unborn children. Exactly. I mean, and tell me what else is legal right now that's a greater injustice. Mm-hmm. And for people who say, oh, well... It doesn't affect me. Yes, it does. Because until the right to life isn't protected, all the other rights and freedom mm-hmm. just go out the window. Well, and as we've pointed out with this show and Life Dynamics has pointed out with Life Talk and other shows, that when you accept and tolerate legal abortion, mm-hmm. there are all these consequences and side effects that come along with it. You're not just taking abortion. It affects all of these issues that you think on the surface are not related and you feel mm-hmm. crazy for saying that they're connected. But when you actually get down into it and look at it, abortion touches so mm-hmm. many other it's issues. At the center. Absolutely. Right to life is at the center. And we can't complain about these other things and say, oh, well, we don't want this over here and this over here. Mm-hmm. If we're willing to accept abortion. I mean, these things are going to come with it. And if we're going to not even try to stop abortion. Yep. Well, I think it was a great show. Until next time, Life Dynamics is not here to put up a good fight. Mm -mm. We are here to win. Because winning is how the killing stops. We will see you guys next week. Bye, guys.